What's up, everybody? Good morning. It's wonderful to be with you today. If I haven't had the chance to meet you, let me add my welcome to the one you've already received. My name is Ben. I'm one of the pastors at Grace, and it's my privilege to be able to to preach today and to read God's Word. And so we find ourselves in the Gospel of Matthew, and I'm going to be reading from chapter 7, verses 7 through 11. So if you have your Bibles, you can open there. The text is going to be up on the screen too, Matthew 7, 7 through 11. All right. This is God's word. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and the one who knocks, it will be opened. Which one of you, if his son or daughter asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Or if they ask for a fish, will give them a serpent? Or Brussels sprouts? (laughs) If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children... How much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask Him? This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let me pray for us. Gracious Heavenly Father, that you would be with us this morning, uh, that the words of my lips and the meditations of all of our hearts would be pleasing in your sight. O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Amen. All right. Well, last Sunday, we began a new sermon series on discipleship. And we've said that over the course of seven weeks, we're going to be exploring the seven key teachings or sayings of Jesus. Sayings that, taken together, we think form the path of discipleship, the path that we're all on. And so those sayings are, come and see, ask, seek, Knock, turn and trust, follow me, abide with me, love one another, love your neighbor. And our hope is in that exploring all of these sayings, uh, that we will have a shared language to be able to talk about where we are on that path of discipleship, to talk about who we want to be. Uh, as a church and what we might need to work on. Um, At any given point, we're at one of these places, and we all want to be able to take the next step in our apprenticeship of Jesus. And so last week, we talked about the welcoming heart of Christ and how that's supposed to be reflected in his disciples. We talked about his invitation to Come and see. Come and see. And today, we see that when folks took him up on that offer to come and see, they came with a lot of questions. They came with needs. Will you heal my loved one? Will you help me? They came with doubts. They came with dilemmas. Theological quandaries. (laughs) Uh, problems, and Jesus 
received them all. In fact, in this one of this this famous teaching of Jesus, which we've heard so many times if you've been around the, the church, Christ asks us to bring all of our burdens and questions and quandaries to him. Ask, seek, and knock. A little bit of the context of this is that this, um, this invitation comes right after the Sermon on the Mount. So this is, the, this is his closer to the Sermon on the Mount. He is just taught his systematic statement about what it means to follow him. It's like the A to Z of the Jesus-centered life. And how does he conclude it all? He, he concludes by saying, ask, seek, and knock. Note that he's already taught on prayer earlier in the sermon. He's saying something more broadly here. He's saying that if you truly listened to me, he's assuming that his teaching is going to produce questions in you and quandaries and puzzles and problems. And he's welcoming you to ask him all of those things. And notice that there's a progression here. He says, be asking, which is just to invite you to ask the questions that you have. But then he, he takes it up a notch. He says, be seeking, which is pursue the answer to this. Be active about your pursuit of the answer. And then he takes it up one notch further. He turns it up to 11. And he says, be knocking. And all the parables in the Gospels about knocking are about people being super annoying. It's like you're frustrated because there's a door, a, a door that's shut and you really want the person to open up. And so when Luke teaches about this same saying, the parable that precedes it is the parable of the annoying neighbor who at midnight goes and just keeps knocking on the neighbor's door until he gets bread and stuff. And here, and, and Jesus says, well, that's what praying is like. Be persistent. Ask, seek, knock. Ask, do it actively. Do it persistently. Consider the heart of Jesus. Uh, This is very different from the world that says, don't ask, just believe. And that's how so many of our churches are. Why are we so afraid of questions? I don't know. But I know that Jesus wasn't. Jesus looks at what we're confused about and what we want And what we're frustrated about. And he says, that's the stuff I want to talk about with you. Ask, seek, knock. It reminds me of this uh, video I saw that documented a conversation between Dallas Willard and John Ortberg. 
And Pastor Ortberg asks Willard, who is like a spiritual formation ninja. He's like a sage, like Yoda, Christian person. And John asks him, how do we help people check in on their souls? Like when a person wants to know how their soul is doing, how do we help a person discern that? And Willard says, well, first you start very slowly. And the next thing is, you do, the next thing is a question, not a statement. And the question is, what's bothering you? Start there. And Ortberg says, well, that's not usually where I start with myself. Like if I want to check in with my soul, I usually ask something like, How's my, how am I doing with my quiet time? And Dallas says, yeah, that's typical. Every tradition has their list of things that a person should be doing, but you really do need to start with a question, and what is bothering you is a good one. And Ortberg says, what is bothering you? What, is, what an interesting liturgical question. And then he says, well, what if, could you imagine a church starting out its service like that? The pastor says, what's bothering you? And the congregation says back, and also you. (laughs) Let's actually practice that. What's bothering you? That would be absolutely revolutionary. And that is where Jesus starts. After preaching his first sermon, he says, like a father who wants to meet the honest inquiry of his son or daughter with love, I want to hear from you. What's bothering you? And God meets us there. He seems to understand that our questions rather than frustrating our discipleship, energize it. That our questions can deepen faith and stretch it and cause it to grow when we ask, seek, and knock. That this is where a real relationship with God begins. And so he asks us to start from that place of honest inquiry and desire. And this is what we actually see play out in the Gospels. The drama of an individual's relationship with Jesus is driven forward or backward by the questions they ask. Questions are the wallpaper of the New Testament. They are the background to every story. And as questions are asked, Jesus' heart is revealed, and so are the hearts of the people who follow him. Jesus is surrounded by question askers, some of them who, who aren't disciples, they're just people curious or cynical, people in the crowd asking questions. I have some of them here. Just listen, see if any of them resonates with you. What sign do you do that we may see and believe in you? How long will you keep us in suspense? 
If you are the Christ, tell us plainly. Ever ask that question? How can a man be born when he's old? How can these things be? Where can we get this living water? Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? What must we do to be doing the works of God? It's a good question. Teacher, what deed must I do to have eternal life? Why does this man speak like that? He's blaspheming. What is truth? Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Is, is, not, is this not Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How does he say he's come down from heaven? And it's not just the, the, the curious. His disciples ask him questions. They're interesting as well. Are you the one to come? Or shall we look for another? This is a hard saying. Who can understand it? Teacher, where are you abiding? Teacher, don't you care that we are dying? Lord, we don't know where you are going. How can we know the way? Be asking be seeking, be knocking. More than just inviting our questions, the Bible gives us language to be able to express the most hard and genuine questions that human beings have about God. And if they weren't in our head in the first place, they put them there. It it, it seems that we can only go so far in our search for truth if we're not willing to be honest with ourselves and with God. So the Bible anticipates the questions that we have and gives us the language to ask and seek and knock. And all of that reminds us that according to the Bible, it is wise to ask questions. And to create a hospitable space for people who have them. And the followers of Jesus picked up on this. And they created a space for people to ask and seek and knock. Room for those who had questions. Just consider the Apostle Paul. All of his letters were, not all, most of his letters were in response to some earnest an honest theological wrestling or quandary in these early Jesus communities. And he's just patiently answering questions that he has received. Or take one of the most beautiful short verses in all the Bible, Jude one twenty two. So this is the brother of Jesus. And he tells us how we should deal with those who have doubt. Have mercy on those who doubt. Notice that it's not have an answer for those who doubt. Why mercy? Well, I go back to the disciples' questions. 
What was the source of them? It was often that they were in trouble, in a storm, or in prison, wondering why their life was harder and not easier after following Jesus. They had encountered real stuff in the world, and in the presence of that real stuff, they had questions. And for the followers of Jesus, they had learned that Jesus welcomes questions. And so should we. We should welcome questions and have mercy on doubts. To be people who not only ask, seek, and knock, but make space for those who do. Asking, seeking, knocking. There's these questions that we have, and we're supposed to bring them to Him. But notice that there's another side to this. There's another side to the coin. Jesus doesn't just want to create space for us to ask the questions that we have of him. He wants us to create space in our lives for us to be able to ask the questions he has of us. There are a lot of questions asked by Jesus's disciples. But the number of those questions are completely eclipsed by the questions that Jesus himself asks the people who follow him and the people he meets. Depending on how you count it, there are more than 300 questions that Jesus himself asks in the Gospels. It is absolutely staggering. Here is a short sampling But what about you? Who do you say that I am? What do you want me to do for you? Why are you so afraid? Why are you weeping? Why do you worry about clothes? What are you seeking? Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? What does a person gain if he gets the whole world but they forfeit their soul? Why do you doubt? Why do you break the commandment of God for your tradition? Why do you entertain evil thoughts in your hearts? Do you love me? So many questions. And that intrigues me because human beings just want to give answers. I remember studying at the university and Love Library at the university campus is a big library. You can get lost in Love Library. I've been lost, surrounded by stacks and stacks and stacks of book. They call it the stacks. Just a whole bunch of human beings trying to tell human beings all what they know. And I think it just about what God could teach us. And it could just dwarf all of those stacks. It could dwarf the Stuff on the internet for sure. And here is Jesus and he comes down to earth 
And instead of spending his time writing books, he spends most of his time asking questions. And it wasn't because he needed to know the information. He, he, he knew that questions made people stop and think and wrestle and go deeper. He asked questions to strengthen faith and to stretch faith and to expose faith and to push people to a point of decision to consider the things that matter. And this is God's strategy for building mature disciples and thoughtful people. The Bible actually begins with questions. There are two questions at the very beginning of the Bible after the fall. The first words of God after the fall is a question. Adam, where are you? And I see that as a question where he wasn't just asking for Adam's location. As if he was having trouble finding him. He's saying, where are you before me? We were living in unity together. And something deeply broke here. And now there's this distance. Where are you? And then you get to Genesis chapter 4. And there's this question given to Cain. Where is your brother Abel? That's a difficult question. But he said, but really what he's saying is, where is your neighbor? Why weren't you caring for your neighbor? And what you see is that these two questions at the very beginning of the scriptures later become the two great commandments to love God and love neighbor. But they first occur in this question form. Isn't that interesting? God trying to expose our hearts. Where are you? Where is your neighbor? It sounds a lot like the questions that Jesus asked. So what do we do with the questions that Jesus asked in the scriptures? The questions that we find in the Bible. We tend to know what to do with commands, we obey them. And with propositions, we believe them. But when it comes to questions, we don't usually ask them. We, we're, they're rhetorical. They're not for us. But this too is an opportunity to ask, seek, and knock. The questions are not there to skip. They are inspired by God. And if anything, each question we come to reminds us that one day we will be held accountable to God. And we will have to answer questions that he asks us and it's a lot better to start answering those questions now where are you where is your neighbor do you love me by asking these questions jesus is asking us to work on our honesty before god every day Not to feel like we're done with God just because we've said yes to him once. But every day to say, where are you, Ben? Like not just every day, multiple times a day. It's good for me to ask the question, where am I before you, Lord? 
Where is my neighbor? Who are you calling me to love? Why am I... Do I love Jesus? Asking, seeking, knocking. So three applications. Are you ready? First, we need to have a category for question asking that is something other than negative. In other words, when we think about doubts or asking questions, the only buckets we tend to have in our culture are negative, like deconstructing, wavering. When in the place of the Bible, it seems that questions are the place of energizing faith, of rebuilding faith in God, of pushing us to the next step of discipleship. We need to begin to have a category for questions that is positive because Jesus is inviting us to ask them. Secondly, you need to ask questions. You need to ask, seek, and knock. There is no one here whose discipleship cannot be enhanced by asking a good question. And so I just have some examples for you. Where do you find, where can you plot yourself on this map? Are you asking for wisdom? Are you asking for help to grow in areas of weakness? Maybe what you need to ask is for hope in times of sadness or hardship. Maybe you're just asking for a longing of your heart to come to pass. Or you're asking for answers about a God who is true and beautiful and good. You need to know something about God. Is He true? Is He there? Plot yourself and ask the question. And don't just ask, seek And don't just seek, knock. Because the promise is that he will answer you. I love that the image is of a door. And the idea is that the door will open. And inside of the house will be a person. And that person will be Jesus. And in him you will find the answers to the problems that you have. So we need to have a category for questions that it energizes, it moves us forward. We need to ask the questions that we have. And finally, we need to be a church that creates the space for people to do this. In our post-Christian secular society, folks need a safe place to express doubts and honest questions. They need churches that allow people to ask seek and knock and so we're just going to try real hard to be that kind of church and that means in our worship services we're just assuming that everyone here has questions and we're just going to make space in everything in our sermon series to try to humbly address the questions that we think folks are asking and when we address those questions we're going to try our best not to give trite answers Where the Bible speaks clearly, we'll speak clearly. But where there's mystery, we're going to embrace that as well. And we're going to be people who are definitely okay saying, I don't know, when we don't know. We're not going to expect every listener to agree with everything that a text says immediately. Though the core of our leadership at at Grace ascribes to a definite belief, it isn't necessary 
that everyone here know what they believe about God or about themselves or about life. Goodness sakes, why would that be a requirement? It never has been for following Jesus. Rather, we see ourselves like these early disciples. Jesus asking us questions, pressing into our lives, us scratching our heads, asking him questions back, going home, wrestling, coming back the next day, traveling with him, asking, seeking, and knocking, and believing that as we do, the door will be open. Let me pray for us. Gracious Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this word, for this invitation to ask and seek and knock. I pray that we would be a congregation who lives openly and honestly before you. I pray um, that you would help us each identify something in our hearts that we need to bring before you and to ask and to say, Lord, I think this is the thing that's holding me back. Or it's been a long time since I've asked a hard, good question of the Lord. And maybe that's why I've been stuck for some time. Help us to have the courage to be able to to seek your face day in and day out. To wrestle with the questions that you have of us. Because you are constantly pressing into our lives, trying to expose our faith, deepen us as people. And I pray that we would be able to hear your voice. And then we would just create a culture as a church where this could happen. Because there's a lot of people who have a lot of questions. And we want to be uh, that winsome, welcoming place that has the sense of Jesus about it. So by your spirit, would you help us to do that, Lord? Help us to come and see. Help us to ask, seek, knock. We praise you. In Christ's name, amen.